podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 99 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with FanHub, where the fans come first, and also our retail partner, Fanatics. It's just me and Pete to, to lead you through proceedings today as, as Leeds off playing his, uh, his mixed doubles again. Um, so again, you know, we, he, puts, he puts a lot of things in the, in the way of the podcast at the moment. So it could be crisis talks in the international brig for Lee, I think. Um, but delighted to say we, we've, got, we've got the runner man on. He's, he's nearly there. A couple more days to go as we, as we speak today. Um, and that's Phil Haywood. Phil, you must be absolutely delighted, or your, le- your legs certainly will be, that you're only a couple of days away from, from finishing those uh, those 10 games. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, I remember talking about this when, when I first started, so the end's near now, a couple of days left. Um, like you said, my legs, my legs are delighted. <laughs> and you, well, you, you were at Sammy, weren't you, the, the other day as well? So you you, uh, you tweeted that you'd, you'd done a run that was around their pitch, which was, which was really nice of them to... To, to let you use obviously the the perimeter of, of Trenton Park to complete one of your runs as well. Yeah, I had, I had to be careful there to take the World Mind t shirt, you know, to hang up in case people thought I was uh, a Tramia fan all of a sudden. So <laughs> yeah, that was unreal. They just got in touch and it was it was a nice gesture by them, by the way. It was a uh, really heartwhelming like basically, yeah. No, brilliant, mate. And, and you know, it's, we, we've obviously followed it all the, all the way through and, and seen obviously how much you've done. And mm-hmm. so this morning, I messaged from, from Super Kevin Campbell, which has mm-hmm. been, been really nice to, to receive. And so so many people wishing you all the best. And it's a, you said it before, it's, it's an unbelievable feat to, to one, even attempt it, but to, you know, get to, to that finish line as well. Um, so where, where are you going to finish off on Tuesday? If you, what's what's planned for that? Um, so I'm actually going on the news on on Tuesday, uh, live on the news on the TV. So um, down in New Brighton, over on the Wirral, um, it's nice and flat. I thought uh, strategically finish off on a flat one, um, but yeah, that that should be cool, and and hopefully some family and friends can can come along. So that'll be that'll be nice. Well, look look forward to to seeing you on the news, and I look forward look forward to your. Uh, to your finishing things off, and we, we'll give obviously the um, you, you just given link one last push. I know you've, you've reached your 10,000 pound limit yeah. from what I saw you today, so let's, let's get it as, as high as we can. So we get that that out as well after, after we uh, record today. Thanks very much. But let's uh, let's move on from, from what you're doing, Phil, and obviously the great work that you're doing, and, and talk about the, the great work that Everton have uh, are doing and have continued to do. Um, Obviously, this week we've we we won our our second round tie in the Carabao Cup uh, against Huddersfield, which was a difficult game in the end, and we made it hard for ourselves with the sending off of of Moise Keane. Uh, obviously, we, we we've got through and and kept that momentum going, which is really really important. Um, and we went to 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 Brighton, who had won the first two games and and it looked it looked pretty good doing so, especially against against Watford, and we said last week. Obviously hopeful of, of getting the win, um, but it's it's always always difficult. And we haven't really performed that well at Brighton since they've they've come back into the to the top flight. That's for sure. But so come away with it with a two 0 win, Peace. It's that that's that's given Rafa Benitez a, a really really strong start, and it was re- it's really important. We said this before that he got off to a strong start, wasn't it? Because we know what it would have been like if we if we had, didn't have seven points or. Six points, if you like, from from the first three games. Definitely, and it, you know, it was a really impressive performance for me. I, I, now, after the Leeds game on the podcast, I said for me the the best thing about that match was it was such an improved performance over the Southampton game, and for me again, the most pleasing thing. I mean, yeah, of course, two 0 win, clean sheet away, you know, away win three points, magnificent. But it was an even better performance for me. I thought it looked like a really complete team performance. There were a couple of rough edges at times, but 
I thought we really defended as a team. We looked really, really organised. I thought the two lads in the middle um, of midfield, Decore and Allen, were just outstanding again. I mean, Decore for me, every game so far has been eight, nine out of ten. Um, I thought Seamus Coleman was absolutely magnificent, both in defence and getting forward. Um, there were obviously a couple of talking points that I, I know we'll come on to around the penalties and decision making. But I, no, I thought it was a really fabulous um, away win because yeah, Brighton were flying high, full of confidence, and they sort of started on the front foot, didn't they? They, they were knocking it about well. We were giving them maybe. Um, more of the ball than we might do normally uh, under different managers, different regimes. So, yeah, excellent, Chuffed. It was it was one of those performances, wasn't it, where we we talked we talked yesterday during the game where it was about being being professional and and managing the game as as best we could, uh, especially when you do go two 0 up, but also at one 0 as well. You know, it was important because we saw at times as last season went on. Sometimes when, when we'd go in front, we would then sort of go on the back foot and we'd, and we'd sit and we'd, we'd, then, we'd then struggle. Um, but it was great, wasn't it, Phil, to see us manage the game so well and then grab the second goal. And I thought win the game quite comfortably in the end. Yeah, just echoing what Pete was saying there, you know, um, it was just to say to come away from an away game and say it was a comfortable 2-0 um, victory. I thought... Um, as the game went on, it, it it just looked really calm. Like uh, again, like Pete was saying, the two boys in the middle of the park. It's so nice and refreshing to to dictate and win that battle really, and and be in control of that game. Um, again, before the game, I, I did worry, thinking you know Brighton have got a, a tremendous home record, um, and they keep that momentum going at home. But I I just thought it was well drilled, and again, I think we're going to use that word a lot this season with Rafa. We look very organised. Um, but it was pleasing to see, and, and long may it continue. We've obviously such a great start. Well, I thought that was. I mean, within the game, there was there was quite a few standout performers, and let let let's go let's go to the first goal if we can, because one of the one of the again one of the players who stood out, who I thought changed the game on. Um, on Tuesday against Huddersfield when he came on, and that was obviously Damari Gray with his, his pace and his he's so direct and and he obviously causes problems for defenders all the time. But obviously he's on the score sheet again for the second successive Premier League game, which was great to see. But again, I thought his overall performance Pete, was, was was just right up there with with obviously our, our better players on the day because he's just he's just someone who every time he gets the ball. I'm on the edge of my seat thinking something's going to happen here. When he's going at defenders, you know that he can't touch him. You know, he's got the pace to get around them. And you look at his finish again for, for that goal. It was that 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 burst, that acceleration. Great ball from Allen as well uh, in the build-up. That acceleration from the Mari Gray there backing off. They're backing off. I think it was Webster, the big, the big tall, big tall right back for them. Um, and he just, you know, that, that precision puts it in the corner. But the Mari Gray has proven to be an old early days proven to be potentially one of the signs of the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He was unreal again, wasn't he? And the the great thing about him is he's so direct. Like I said, when he gets the ball, his first thought is just to go forward with it. And if he can't pass it, he'll run at you. And he's just awful to defend against. You know, you would hate to be a defender against his pace. And he can go in and out on either foot. Like, just to double check, he's predominantly right-footed, isn't he? He's a right-footed player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he, you know, those yeah. two finishes on his left foot, absolutely outstanding. The one against Southampton. And I said to someone, if Ronaldo, you know, a past or present Ronaldo, did what he did against Brighton, you know, you, you, you wouldn't get enough plaudits. You know, it was absolutely just drove at the, at the defender. And to get that, that power and accuracy on his wrong foot, um, moving at that speed was... You know, just just brilliant. And I think a common criticism of fast, tricky wingers is lack of end product. And like you say, Mike, so far, it's showing no sign of not having that. He just seems to use the ball so well. And yes, he's got a couple of goals, but for me, his crossing's been impressive as well. He just, at the moment, he seems to be in a run of form where he's just using the ball extremely well. And I think what it's given Everton for... You know, the first time in a long time is we don't feel at the moment like a one-sided team. You know, often we have like one powerful flank 
normally the left side that everything seems to come through and then we're, we're lacking a little bit on the right hand side and sometimes you know if we're against one of the bigger teams or we're chasing the game we often get found out a little bit or you know it feels like we're lacking a bit of edge but he just gives us I think a really helpful unpredictability that means you know we're, we're not as um, straightforward to set up against anymore. Well, I think the key, the key word, like you say, obviously we've we are, we're not now sort of dominated by one flank. We've got that balance, haven't we? Everyone is, is commenting now how much more balanced we we actually look compared to previous seasons. It was I think there was a, a big reliance over over the years on on Richarlison to 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 do something from a wide position. I think now when you look at it, with Richarlison tucking inside quite often, and you've got Gray and you've got Townsend who again I thought was exceptional. You know, I, I thought. You know what you get with Andres Townsend. You know he's he's got a bit of pace. He's he's industrious. Um, he he works he works hard, and he's 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 a totally a team player, which is which is exactly what you want. But the two of them, you know, got their own qualities, but do bring that balance to the to the Everton side. And I just thought I just thought again, you know, Andres Townsend. He's he worked really hard on on Tuesday against Huddersfield, um, and I thought yet again yesterday. He was exceptional. Um, how, how, have you, how have you found Andrew Townsend, Phil, since he's come in? Because uh, I know from within the camp, I think he, you know the, the, the messages he settled in really well. You know, I think he is seen as a senior player. I think we saw that yesterday over the penalty incident where, where Richie Allison had a, had a bit of a moment. He took a bit of control there as well. Uh, but how, how have you found Andrew Townsend since he's come in? So, to be honest, Mike, uh, I think it's been mentioned, uh, obviously going to be running around listening to the podcast from you guys. It's it's reminded me a lot like the David Moyes era. Um, he's a good, honest pro. Um, you know, thirty plus games each season, um, and obviously coming on a free. I just thought it was a shrewd bit of business. He knows the league. Uh, when people were talking about when Bernard was was gonna was gonna go and and Townsend in, and people because it's not a flashy sign, it's a free transfer. A lot of people, you know, obviously with Gray as well, don't look kind of like that as Evertonians. But I, I think he's. He's he's everywhere he's been. They've liked him. Obviously, Benitez has, has gone back in for him when he was when he was at Newcastle. Um, but I just think he's an honest pro. He won't hide. You know, if he gets something wrong, um, he'll be battling back. He'll track back. He won't have his hands on his hips. Or if he does have his hands on his hips, he's back in his position. Um, I think he's well liked in the group. Uh, I did watch um, uh, Townsend and Begovic in pre-season when they were in America. They were talking about how big Everton were and, 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 and how well they've settled in and, and how the, the players like I.E. Seamus Coleman and, and Luca Dean, the senior players, have, have kind of taken to him and things like that. But I, again, it reminds me a lot of the, the David Moyes era where, you know, very shrewd bit of business, but right characters as well. You know, they're not these kind of uh, uh, players who, who won't work hard for the team. They, they, they kind of settled in straight away uh, and they know what, what the club's all about. They realise, I don't think... He realised how big Everton was until he's until he's actually come to the training ground and, and seen the place. But he always I remember him saying when he played at Goodison Park and things like that how how scary it can be with the atmosphere and, and he wants to be part of that. And straight away I've warned him straight away because he's buying into to what we are as, as a club. Really, he's been fantastic. Yeah, and, and I think we're seeing, aren't we, this transfer window? Obviously, we're going to discuss shortly. You know. A couple of days to go as we record today on a Sunday. Um, so there's still plenty of work to be done. But what we've seen so far from from uh, the management and the Everton board is is you know three shrewd signings in in Townsend, Gray and, and Begovic. You know, they have all I mean no Begovic hasn't had, had muscle run out. Um but I think I thought he performed he performed pretty well against Huddersfield. But they've all they've all in their own way made made an impact. Um whether it's on the field, off the field, I mean we saw the the the, uh, the footage yesterday from when Damari Gray was in the service station after after the game, and he was he was mobbed, and the, you know, the fans were singing his name. And you know, I, I think we discussed them last week in terms of we all think you know it was a great decision for him to go to Germany in the first place. Okay, it didn't work out, but I think I think the kid you know just probably wants to be to be wanted to feel feel a bit a little bit loved, and certainly since he's been he's been with us, he he's put in you know three. You know, well, four, include his appearance against Huddersfield. He's put in really good performances every single time. He's made an impact. I think it, his attitude is spot on. 
And obviously, like you said, with Andros Townsend, you know, Everton fans warm to those kind of players. We, we always have done. And it massively helps that he's, he's really quick because we haven't had players like that for, for quite a few years. Um, but I just think it's 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 been a, an interesting window so far. But just I'm just delighted that the players who have come in have made made an impact. Um, but you, you brought up at the start about you know the, the centre midfield, Alan Decore again. I thought the two of them had, had, had really good games. I'm I'm liking the fact that we're seeing them now that little bit further forward or, or making a difference in the attacking third. I mean. The core was unlucky not to grab a goal himself again. Lovely, lovely bit of footwork in his in his own half. Went to uh, the Maigre, went down the wing and slid the core in. Who continued his run um, and and there he scored. And and we see we see Alan obviously the assist for the goal. The, the ball from Alan to, to Seamus Coleman, I thought for, for when we won the penalty was absolutely exceptional. You know that, that's that's a great ball that. But to see the two of them, Pete, being more attacking and being given. A bit more of a license, maybe, by the manager to, to to play more in the second third. That's quite refreshing to see as well, isn't it? Yeah, like you said, I, I thought Alan for me had one of his best games in an Everton shirt, and, and was probably outshone a little bit by um, by some of the other players because yeah, he got not only did he get the assist for for the goal, um, if you if you can call it an assist, it was a great ball, but Gray had so much to do. Maybe it'd be a bit kind to call it an assist, but you know, on paper he gets the assist, and also he played the pass that won the penalty. Um, I, I, I do think you have to give Rafa a bit of credit because I, I know sometimes we've joked on the podcast and the previous regimes about the the forward crew. Sometimes in the crowd, there's there's often very little tolerance of you know the four three three system, um, or there has been at Everton, you know, sort of going back to get set to go forward. And it feels like, you know, Rafa's just come in and said, look, we'll get on the front foot every time we get the ball. And I think that's probably got the best, certainly got the best out of Decore. Um, but it's nice to see that Alan has, you know, has got forward passing in his locker as well, because I think, although we didn't get to see an awful lot of him um, due to sort of injuries, etc., in the, the first season, he often played that role in front of the defence, didn't he? Sort of picking up the ball. And maybe we did see a bit more sort of side to side and backwards from him. And his job was more about sort of winning the ball back and getting things going again. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's really, really promising and uh, hopefully sign of more more to come. And it gives us so much more in an attacking sense as well. You know, like you were saying before about over-reliance on Richarlison. It's nice when we break forward to think, you know, we've usually got five or six players running at the opposition you know, all of whom can make something happen and and all of whom have got responsibility for attacking play. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. You know, and we have touched on so many times about not relying on on Calvert Lewin and, and the Charleston to score the goals. And what we've seen in the, the early part of the season, we see Townsend he grabbed his first goal for the club against against Huddersfield. Um obviously will be chipped in as well again. And, I, and Again, I thought he was exceptional when he came on yesterday. He's, make, he's making a real difference. I will be, I think, this season. He, he's playing that little bit more centrally. Um, but, so, you know, he's, his footwork at times look, look, looks really, really good. I think he, he's been probably rejuvenated by the, the new manager coming in and, and playing in, you know, his, his more preferred position at times. And he's probably got a bit of a licence as well to, to come inside a little bit more. And, and it is making a huge difference. Uh, but we're seeing now, obviously, Demai Gray scored a couple of goals. You know, Dom, Dom scored three and three. It's Arsenal's obviously bagged. The Corey's bagged. We're seeing more and more players having more of an influence in, in that final third and getting getting on the score sheet, which is which is really, really important. But like like, like Pete said, Ben, Phil, you've got to give credit to the manager. Uh, now, I know, obviously, people can get carried away and, you know, it's, it's, it's such early days. Um, and we go back to the start of last season under under Carlo Ancelotti, and you know we were we won our first seven games in all competitions, and you know you, you see Spirits of the Blues getting to the top of the charts and, and things like that, and you know or, or, or getting a bit carried away. Um, and I, I saw a little bit of a discussion on on social media today about this. You know, people were saying you know you, you need to remember that we were sort of similar last season. Uh, maybe we played slightly better football at the start of last season uh, than, than we have done so far this season. Uh, but why do you think? I think it's different, personally. I, I think 
I don't know why. I just think under under the new manager, things seem a little bit different. Whether, whether we we feel a little bit more in control of matches, I think at times, um, the players seem a little bit more settled. Do you think if we if we look back to the start of last season and the start of this season, it is different? And 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 do you feel more settled with with this side now that maybe maybe there's a little bit more structure to it than what we saw at the start of last season? Uh, absolutely, Mike. I, I, I think the way that I would give uh, this regime is I think a lot of players got a lot of freedom. Um, I think we're playing a lot of low block football under under Carlo um, and we didn't have much pace as an outlet. Um, he's obviously told the Corey and the Corey's come out saying, you know, he's going to play more of a box to box and a little bit higher. I think um, obviously with the pace that we have now with, with Townsend, Gray, um, again, on Tuesday night, it was very nice for you know, for the manager to, to just grab Seamus Coleman and, and set, tell him to stay about Awobi and get an extra bit of an applause of, you know, a bit of a confidence boost for him. Um, I, I think the manager's been very, very brave, if I'm honest. Obviously, he didn't care about the bedsheets, about his name, you know, before he, he, was, he was appointed. Um, he's now been a little bit more open, although we have been organised. And, you know, let's... let's Look at ourselves. We've scored two or more in every game we've played this season. Everyone thought it would be quite boring. Again, possibly a low block. You know, start from the back, build from the back. But I think he's been very brave um, in, in how he sets up. And there's definitely a bit of a freedom about about the whole group. Um, I think he's. I do honestly think he, he has conversation with every individual player. Like he, you know, he said about he put Mason Holgate as captain midweek and uh, to make him still be part of the group because he missed out on the Leeds game he's obviously brought Branthwaite back in obviously John Joe Kenny got a bit of football but I, I do believe that um there is a there's a huge difference from from last year again don't get me wrong I think the crowd helps that as well I think the crowd demands that and um, but that's where I think the bravery comes in you know you looked at the fixtures and you're licking your lips at you know you know your Leeds your Brightons you got Burnley coming up after the international game Southampton and it was imperative that we got those points but obviously with it being Rafa Benitez I think um, he's been very brave to to make so many changes and that not many people will probably recognise until we've obviously got the points now but yeah I just wanted to on a Wobi like you mentioned I think he looks a total different player and that's the thing he's given that little bit of freedom I think he's given I like to see a Wobi sometimes he gets muddled the ball gets stuck under his feet and he loses possession quite easily but then we've got those players like like Pete was saying like Alan he'll look to go forward or, or wide rather than you know backwards or sideways so yeah he's uh, he's done well so far but there's definitely been a difference in in, a, in an atmosphere let's just say yeah definitely yeah and what, what what do you think, Peter? I and mean, obviously, we have we've obviously mentioned the manager over the last the last few weeks, and you know we, we've mentioned time and again about it's been so important that he does get a get a good start and and what have you. And let's get it right. I think I think compared to I know there was expectation at the start of last season because of the players that that we brought in. Um, obviously, Hammers being being the main the main tar, uh, the main sensei, if you like, you know, a bit of a superstar, and from what he's done in the past. Um, but the the pressure on the manager from before day one, if you like, was was being absolutely massive. Um, whether it be the the pressure that's coming from the fans, um, the pressure he's put on himself, maybe like you know, like uh, like Phil said, he's been brave taking the job in the first place. To be honest, um, but there's been a lot of pressure on him. So had how how good is it, and and how impressive is it to see the start that we've made. Um, unbeaten into the first international break, through to the the next round of the of the league cup as well. How impressive is that for you, given everything that's gone on uh, before his appointment? I think it's extremely impressive. I I think for regardless of who the new manager would have been, I, I, I think to you know to have seven points from from nine, um, you know, with two away games this early on in the season. I think with the, with our current squad as well. And the, you know the the makeup of our current squad would be an outstanding achievement. So you know to add the extra context to it as well that you know former Liverpool manager, one of the the most sort of um, celebrated and popular of of recent years is yeah, it's huge. And I think you've got to give the the, the players credit as well because you know they've clearly gone on board with you know with the vision. And like I said earlier, the, it, the performance for me each week from Southampton to 
you know, to Leeds, to um, to, to Brighton. He's got better every week. You know, we've just looked a little bit more organised. Um, you know, there's a clear sort of system there now. We're, we're starting to get an identity, uh, which, you know, is a word we've used a lot um, over the last few years that we've had that really lacking and we seem to be taking shape as a team. And even with, you know, the, the signings that we're being linked with, it seems quite clear you know, why we're looking at particular players, where we're looking to strengthen the, the people who have been, let's say, left out and not included in the squad. You know, as controversial as that, as that might be, and people might have different opinions about it. Again, it seems to be coming from a place of having a particular identity that he wants to set us up with. So we couldn't ask for much more, could we? I think under the circumstances when he came in, I think most Evertonians would have bit your arm off to be uh, where we are at this point before the season started when the manager was announced. Yeah, most definitely. It's it's been it's been a real a real positive and I'm delighted it's gone that way as well because the the toxicity, especially with fans behind the ground. I know we've had there the one game of good since the season started, but the toxicity around, whether it be the you know, the grounds or social media would would have been too much to bear, I think, if we hadn't started the way that we've started. And I think I think people can see there's a plan in terms of how we set up. We've got the right players in, in the right positions. Um, we were a little bit short against Huddersfield in terms of we, we couldn't name uh, nine subs and, and two of the subs we named were goalkeepers. But, you know, any side who's going to lose the four first-team players to illness and injury, you know, we're, you know Godfrey Mina, two best centre-halves, um, obviously, Gabamon, who's, who's, who's come back and is working his way to, to full match fitness, if you like, had an abscess, you know, incredible bad luck for him. Andre Gomez, um, sorry, not Andre Gomez, Tom Davis had a, I think it's a bit of an uh, abductor injury as well. So, four players who would have been in a the squad there, you know, and it looks a lot better when they when they are there. And um, there's certainly ways to be done, which we're going to discuss in a second about the transfer market. Uh, but before we do, the main, the main um, situation, the main issue in the in the game that was picked out, and it's been picked out on on media as well. Um, you know, during the game and, and after the game, was the whole penalty incident. So that incident, you know, obviously, Dominic Calvert-Lewin stuck it away. Great penalty, great to see him on penalties. We said this last week. I think it's really important that he centre forward takes penalties. Um, but the big, the big incident around it was the fact that Richardson gets hold of the ball, um, thinks he's he's entitled to take the penalty. And it took the, you know, the interference of Andros Towns and Allen, who I think was was potentially there to to calm him down. Seamus Coleman was there as well, to to get get the ball to Dominic Calvert Lewin, which then puts the striker under under unnecessary pressure, uh, which which is not particularly ideal. Uh, but how did you see that, that Phil? Because watching it, and we've seen it before, haven't we, o- over the years, whether it be Morales, I know there's a situation with, with Richardson with over free kick last season as well. Um, and, you know, the, these little instances of, of petulance don't particularly look great, do you, when they played out you know, in front of the, the national media, 30,000 fans, things like that. It doesn't look great. And it's not, it's, for me, doesn't paint a good picture from from uh, outside the club for, for those sorts of looking in, does it? No, you're right. Um, it's happened, like you said, it's happened a few times. It actually happened um, last season for one of the games. I actually, got to attend to when we beat Chelsea one um, 0 last year. And he actually, I think he, he head put he put his head on towards Sigurdsson last year, and he Alan had to That's calm right. Down. That's what that was. That's right, yeah. Yeah, he he rest he, he literally rested his head on him, and Sigurdsson was just standing there, thinking, "What are you doing?" kind of thing. But again, it's it's unnecessary pressure to then to Calvert Lewin, who on a couple of pitches has got his hands outstretched, thinking, "What what are you doing?" You know that you know we talked about this in the team meetings, and obviously Rafa confirmed that he's obviously second in line. But I did I did read something uh, on Twitter that Richardson put something in Brazilian or Portuguese saying. Um, I've been here for three or four years and I've waited my turn kind of thing. But but then if, mm. if you're not in, if, if we've had a team meeting and you're second to take it, Dom's the penalty taker. And like you said, it doesn't look good. And at 1-0, you know what I mean? Oh, any any scoreline, to be honest, um, it's not good for the penalty taker, which is Carver-Lewin. I do think he needs to knock that in the head. Um, 
and a saving grace, if you want to call it that. You know, there was it was nipped in the bud. He celebrated with Calvert Lewin when he scored. It wasn't as if he just you know stormed back to the halfway line. He did obviously celebrate, but you know we're lucky that he did celebrate. Uh, Calvert Lewin scored because that could have through through Dom's mind, couldn't it? But like you said, it's it's not good viewing for anyone watching that or. Or even the players, but I think he's just, he plays on the edge, doesn't he? So much with Charles, and he just wants to be the man, doesn't he? But but then again, you know that it's not right as well. Especially you don't want people turning on him like the Morelos situation. You know, no matter how good he is, it's just not not good to see. No, of course, and I think I, I saw the same comments. I think I think he he commented on on a post on Instagram. I think it was. Oh, yeah. um, and, yeah, and he mentioned there was a hierarchy within the club, so in, in terms of penalty takers, and he, he's waited basically he's waited his turn, so it it should really be him now. Whether there was a bit of confusion because he says he says said that Dom's our first penalty taker, Richardson's our second, and basically said if we got if we got a second penalty, then he would have yeah, taken he, it. And whether there's a bit of bit of bit of confusion lost in translation, I, I don't know. You know, we're, we're just reading them between the lines there. But regardless of that. It's still disappointing to see because you know we all know he plays on the edge. He, he plays to win. Um, he plays with his heart on his sleeve. He always wants to score. We 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 all we all know that. But you've you've got to you can a lot of people like like to cut. I think certain players a bit of slack. If that if that was someone else, I don't think maybe. I mean, so, some people are, are still saying, "Oh, I don't see any any kind of problem with it and this that and the other." I think if it was if it was someone else. If it was say like a and Andre Gomez, you, you get quite a bit of stick from time to time, for, for example. Um, or even an Alex Iwobi or someone like that. If they did it, they, I don't think people would be would be as kind and, and maybe as as forgiving. But regardless of, of who the player is, it's never, ever, ever a good look when, when you've got your own teammates arguing with each other and you know over taking a penalty, which is a decision which is made prior to, to the game starting. Um, I think it's the right decision, Dominic Calvert Lewin. You know, he, he's took a penalty for England and, and put it in the top bin. He's got a he's got a great technique. Um, he doesn't, you know, he, he absolutely smashes the ball into the corner, which is what you want to see. Um, and, and the two he's taken for us, he's, he's stuck away. So, you know, I I think it's a right decision to to have to have Dom on penalties. You know, he needs to to be getting 20, 25 goals a season, and that, that's going to help him get to get to the that particular target. But what, what are your thoughts, Pete, on that? You know, are you in the, in the same camp there that you, you don't want to see that kind of that kind of precedent, or should should Richardson be cut a bit of slack? No, I, I completely agree with the um, with the former. Really, I, I think it undermines the team. And like Phil said, it, you know, it's one we've got away with. Really, you know, if that puts too much pressure on Calvert Lewin and he skies it or he gets saved. You know, imagine psychologically what that does for Brighton. You know, and then it, if we come out with a draw or we get beat, that incident then gets picked over with a magnifying glass, doesn't it? Which again wouldn't be helpful for the club or the Charleston um, or our next match. So I hope it just, you know, I, I thought Rafa dealt with it really diplomatically and um, in the interviews and sort of made a bit of a joke of it. But I hope, you know, behind closed doors, it just gets stamped out. You know that doesn't happen again. You know, no player is bigger than the club. If a decision's made about someone taking a penalty or a free kick or you know even a corner, that's the decision. You know, and if you want to question that or you've got any issues with it, you take it up in the appropriate way with the manager or with the team behind closed doors. You don't have it out on the pitch because it just completely undermines the side. Um, so thankfully, he stuck it away. Let's hope we don't see it again. And yet, yeah, some point over, Charleston does take his penalty and. Puts it away. Yeah, and like like Phil said, it was I think it was it was rectified during the celebration. If you look at the on the road footage as well, which came out uh, I think it was this morning, um, and it's quite close up to the celebration. The two of them are sort of communicating DCL and and it's yours. And I think I think he was saying, you know, it's okay, it's okay, and and, and it was done at that particular point. But you still you still don't want to see it. Um, but and. It's, before we, we we move on, it's we've is it by magic? Pat Cash has just appeared in the uh, the bottom corner of the uh, of the screen here. He's back, back from his tennis match and has jumped on the call. Um, so it'll be interesting, Lee, to get your thoughts on on the Richardson penalty incidents. And the the two lads and obviously myself have, have said, you know, it's not a great look. 
to, to have that, that kind of thing played out in public. What what are your thoughts? Because a lot a lot of fans cut Richard some quite a bit of slack, I think, with his you know with his his moods and and his sulks and things like that. Are, are you you know are you the same as ourselves? Don't really want to see. It? More like Andre. I can see them pack cash. To be fair, mate. Not with that haircut. No, no, I was definitely a pack cashier. <laughs> Agassiz was turn us serve anyway. No, um, no, uh, yeah, no. To be honest, um, yeah. It, it, well, actually, Coleman got himself off the ground, didn't he? And basically rectified the situation and went over and was like, no, no chance. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm sure you've mentioned it. But it was, it was like Morales take two all over again, wasn't it? Um, yeah. No. To be fair to Calvert Lewin, you know what? Because the delay with Coleman, Coleman being down, then obviously a little bit of rigmarole around the pen, he composed himself really well. Then named took the pen. Obviously, you know, the longer it goes between when it's given and when it's taken, the harder it tends to be because obviously you tend to think about it more. But he struck those last two penalties brilliantly, hasn't he? Um, a cracking penalty. That keeper went the right way, but he wasn't getting there at all. It was it was low and firm right in the bottom corner. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad, as we said last week, I'm glad Dom's on pens now and he, he's obviously taken those two brilliantly as well because that's just going to, you know, he's already had two in the first three games. So, you know, over the course of the season, it could be an extra five or six goals there for him. Um, but Richie, we all know what Richie's like. He likes playing on the edge. He plays on emotion. You know, he clearly wanted to score. In a way, I've got, I haven't really got a problem with that. The lad wants to score goals. Um, and, you know, and it did cause, you know, a bit of a kerfuffle. And maybe there'd been a bit of a misunderstanding because didn't Rafa say something on the lines of Dom's one, and if we have another penalty, uh, you know, Richie takes the next one. So maybe that's what he felt. He was carried over into the next game. Um, I don't know. But look, the main thing is, you know, we, we got the win and it was a very professional performance, wasn't it, overall? Um, you know, I couldn't think of any player that had a poor game. Um, we played very, very solid all over the pitch. And, you know, let's be honest, I mean, three or four nil wouldn't have flattered us at the end as well. Yeah, there was, there was, Certainly other chances in the game, wasn't it? You know, we mentioned obviously earlier on the the core eight chance. A couple of times we got in behind them and put, pulled the ball back and it didn't quite get to it to the man. And there, there was there was those kind of situations. But like you said, professional performance, good to get a clean sheet first one of the of the season as well. You know, Pickford had a couple of saves to make, but nothing nothing too drastic, I didn't think, on the day. And it's 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 probably as as, as comfortable uh, and away win. As you as you're likely to see, to be honest, and and long long may those kind of performances continue as well. Um, but we we've touched on obviously the the new signs that have come in so far in this window and and how true we've been. Obviously, as we record now, there's a couple of days left, and over over recent days, things have ramped up in terms of names. We Solomon Rondon being one, and I've. I've Seeing today that that's I think that's pretty much agreed. Uh, could be could be wrong. It depends what you want to believe, but I think it's 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 all done by a medical. Um, the main one that we've 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 heard about in the last twenty four hours is has been Luis Diaz from from Porto. Um, a lot of talk yesterday that we're confident that we're going to get the deal done. Uh, James Rodriguez potentially part of that deal going the other way. He's a sticking point. Because of one is wages and two, the manager doesn't particularly want Hamas Rodriguez within his system, doesn't really fit in. I think they play 4 4 2 as well, so there's no, no room for a, a number 10 as such. Um, obviously, you know, right back is, is still an issue as well with, with Maitland Niles, another name who's been quite heavily linked on loan for 12 months, um, who potentially could be, could be coming in. But, what 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 have you made, Pete, of, of the names that we're hearing? You know, if if for example those three names come in, Maitland, Niles, Diaz, and, and Rondon, would you be satisfied with the window as a whole if, if we if we take into account the other three lads we got in as well? I think under the circumstances, yes. Under the circumstances, I think I think obviously Diaz seems to be the most exciting. Um, you, you know, he had a great. Um, Great Copa America, didn't he? And um, you know, looks to be exactly the kind of player that 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 we need. That we like. We were talking about balance a moment ago, and he seems like he, he would really add to that. More competition for places. Um, the right back is probably the most worrying. Um, I mean, Maitland Niles, yeah, could be maybe a makeshift right back could do a job there. But you know, if Coleman got a serious injury or 
uh, was out for a significant amount of time, which, you know, let's face it, given his age and his injury history could very well be a possibility. I think I would worry about someone like Maitland Niles maybe being in a position where they'd be playing a lot of games for us. So I, I would hope that if possible, we could get maybe more of a natural right back. Noticed the lad, um, is it is it Patterson um, mm-hmm. from Rangers? He was left out of the the squad today, wasn't he, in the old firm? So I don't know if there's any credence in the rumours that we're, we're in for him or we're, we're, we're looking at a deal for him. Um, and, you know, I think it was a real shame, massive shame that we missed out on Dumfries because he, he looked like a, a potentially a really special player um, in the Euros. And I, th- I think he would have been right up our street, exactly what we we needed. So I think probably a few Ever- Evertonians are maybe slightly bitter about the timing of, of this window, you know, how certain deals have maybe worked out because by all accounts, um, he was quite interested in coming to us and, you know, we, we had sort of terms and what have you agreed, but um, it didn't quite work out that way. But yeah, I think under the circumstances with the, the you know, the way things have worked out, um, if those three came in, I think they would, they would improve the squad, which ultimately is what you want from the transfer window in any additions. But they, they feel like they're badly needed rather than they'd be nice to have, you know, the, those three positions. We need a backup for Calvert-Lewin. We need another right back. And if we want to have any improvement on last season, for me, we need another attacking winger that can score goals. So they feel essential. I think, obviously, a lot is, is hinged on, on Moise Keane, hasn't it? Now, as, again, it's it's been reported that the deal to Juventus is done on a, a two-year loan deal, uh, by all accounts. So that's it. I think he's on about £52,000, £53,000 a week. Obviously, he's signing on free as well. Um, and then potentially, I think it was 17, 18 million pound deal after those two years are up. So obviously you take into account any loan fee that they'll be paying and the saving uh, of, of the money on, on his wages as well. So a lot was hinged on him. Um, obviously, throw hammers into the mix as well. He's on almost 190 grand a week, if reported to, to be believed. So take, take him out of the equation, even if you, you're partially paying for, for his wage if he goes on loan. You know, a couple more talk about Brantwick, essentially going, I think, harder and for Brantwick on loan. You'd like to see the likes of Delphin and players like that who aren't offering the squad very much be moved on. But you've got to have a suitor for all these players. It's okay you're saying so-and-so should go, so-and-so should go. But if people don't want them, especially for the money that they're on each week, they're just going to, just going to sit on, on contract. But a lot was, was hinging on Moise Keane. That seems to be a done deal. Um, so we can then move forward. Um, but if, if you're looking at, at the at the positions that we've mentioned there, obviously for me the the, the key or some of these have been has probably been a right back. You know we've we mentioned we've got that balance now within the side. Certainly you'd love another winger. You know if if you said Diaz is coming and you've got a you know you've got Diaz one side, you've got Gray, you've got Richardson and the Calvert Lewin. That's a frightening front four for me. That that's a very very good good front four. And you know playing on the counter attack. That, that that will cause most sides problems every single game, but I think I think I'm I'm probably slightly concerned over the the whole right back situation to be honest with you because we've we've gone quite a few years now where we've known that we needed someone you know to to come in and you know work their way through and and start to push Seamus Coleman because he's you know he's in the latter part of his career. We said before he was great again yesterday. I think he started the season really well, but you know. It only takes a drop off in form is is age and is is you know to to catch up with them or an injury, and we're a little bit snooker. But do you do you share that concern, Phil? In terms of the right back, should we really be looking to to get someone in on on a, on a permanent deal who, who can can push Coleman? I'm not sure this Patterson is a goer. Uh, the, the talk was he was he was out with the, he was a close contact of COVID, whatever you want to believe, really. But do you think we should have be be, be making that? Priority really this summer as opposed to maybe getting in another loan with, with Maitland Niles. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that, Mike. Um, I think now, this late stage in the, in the transfer window, I can't see us obviously going to spend money on a, on a potential backup or someone who's going to challenge Coleman for that spot. So maybe Maitland Niles could fit, fit the bill there. Um, 
I possibly think we might look to see what Norwich do this season. And then if they go down, look to get Aaron's for next summer. Possibly. I don't know. Obviously, as Pete said, Dumfries would have been absolutely fantastic and, and ideal. Obviously, that, that can't happen now. But I do believe, um, you know, with his age and things, and if something was, or it was former injury, I, I, you know, I don't think he trusts Kenny. I don't think he's good enough, personally, um, to play. 10-15 games in the Premier League. I, I, I don't want to see Holgate play out there. For, for me, although I think he's probably better out there than centre-half. I, I, my opinion, I just think he's too small for this. And obviously, we've had issues with, with him there, with, with with players. But that was a, a prime target, which we made. I think we spent too long thinking we could get Dumfries. Um, and, and just another one I read today, obviously just going off the right-back uh, situation, I saw Vlasic could be going to West Ham, and I think I read something like Everton would get five million for that. I don't know if I'm right in saying. Yeah, that. I think I think it's yeah somewhere between four and five million because we we put it in uh, obviously the the deal when he when he moves from from the club and he, and he kind That's of selling close. So we're going to be in for a bit. But yeah, no, it's, I think it's I think by all accounts most people are reporting the same thing that it's it's true that we will get some kind of windfall. So all these little you know four or five million pound. Uh, fees from wherever the from and savings it all helps it all means that we can then have a little bit more money to spend in the window but I mean what what I, what I would say is that and, and I'll come to you I'll come to you on this um, in terms of you know the the the, the cover for Dominic Albert Lewin obviously Dom started the season injured hasn't he and he's probably been forced to play he's had a broken toe and he's he's been doing very very little training um he he's certainly not not being I don't think playing to his, his full his full level to be honest with you. And, and he's done well I mean scored three and three I'm, I'm not criticizing Dom he's been injured but the talk is and I've just seen now just being reported by Alan Myers that we are in talk through Gondon um, so I think that's going to be a deal which is very very easy to do he's he's left his club in China by all accounts he's worked with the minds here before um, it's not going to cost us a great deal of money what are your thoughts on that kind of signing as a backup for Calvert Lee? Well, it's the irony, isn't it? As soon as United basically confirm the signing of Ronaldo on Twitter, we get linked with Rondon. So it just, it just, it just sums up, doesn't it, in terms of like the golfing quality and stuff like that. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he's not going to be, he's not going to be the most exciting signing in the world, is he? Let's be honest. Um, but I think he can do a job, and. With the greatest respect to Moyes Keane, he'd probably do a better job than Moyes if suddenly Calvert Lewin had to spend three or four games out on the sidelines. Um, just in terms of obviously his experience, in terms that he's played in the league, the physicality of him. Uh, he's obviously not a prolific goal scorer. If I remember rightly, when he was playing over here, he missed quite a lot of chances. But he's the type of guy that should be able to hold the ball up and obviously bring players into you know into the game, which is what Calvert Lewin's very good at. Um, and obviously, we you know we are unfortunately shopping at that end of the market um, because of obviously the restrictions we've got financially, which we talked about last week. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, the right back one, going back to that, there, it's proved a real issue for us, hasn't it? It's been a real problem for us now the last few years, and I do genuinely think that um, they just thought they could pretty much thought that Dumfries was a done deal. I mean, if we if we're to believe the the reports, it was. You know, close to being done before the Euros. Then he had a great Euros, and then obviously uh, into sold Hakimi, who for me is probably, I reckon, the you know certainly in the top three best right backs in the world. And then obviously they see him as a as a, as a cheaper alternative, and the fact they're in the Champions League probably swayed it for him. Otherwise, I think we probably could have had him. You know, especially with Brands' PSV links, um, I think he'd have been quite confident at tying that deal up. And like Pete says. You know, he probably would have had a real dimension to him with his pace and, if, you know, his goal threat as well. Because, you know, as he showed in the Euros um, and his stats at PSV show it, the lad's got a goal in him. Um, and I thought Seamus has started the season brilliantly. But as we know with Seamus, you know, we can't we can't look to be playing him, you know, week in, week out. Um, he just won't be able to have the legs for it. We need to, you know, preserve him and use him at the right times and the right games when we need him. Um, and there's a couple of times again, even you know, even in the game you know, yesterday, where he gets into good positions, and he, that's never been one of his forte's picking people out in the box. Um, so yeah, so that, that's an issue, that's a worry. It looks like Chelik's going as well. We've been linked with him, haven't we? And he's going to Atletico. They've had a fantastic window actually if they get him. 
because um, for me, the other one, you know, if you're talking about Rondon, I mean, we were linked with Cunha. I mean, I'd have had him all day. I don't know whether you guys have seen him, seen the, any of the footy in the Olympics. He, he looked a real, a real talent. Um, got a bit of everything in him, and he can play number nine or play out wide. So he'd have been an ideal signing. Um, but the Diaz one, you know, we've all got excited about that. Like Pete said, it's the it's it's the exciting one. I mean, if you look at his goal scoring record, I think he scored twenty five goals in under hundred, just under hundred games for Porto. I mean, that's exactly what we need, isn't it? You know, a wide forward with pace that has got a goal in him. Um, you know, if, if he can even get half that in a season, you know, 10 goals or something like that, then that, that's what we'd want. I mean, you look at the best teams in the league, they have got wide forwards that can score goals and, you know, that's what we need. The Gray started the season brilliantly. Let's hope he can keep it up. Um, but like you just said there, Mike, uh, you said there, Mike, Gray on one side, potentially Diaz on the other and Richarlison playing behind Calvert-Lewin. I mean, that that's a frightening front for that. Um, you know, if we can if we can pull that deal off, it'll be fantastic. Uh, I don't know whether you guys have seen. Have you seen the the goal he scored against City in the Champions League? Yeah, uh, superb yeah. goal that wasn't it. I mean, he's just pure pace. You know, just ran around the whole defence and just buried it in the bottom corner. So um, let's hope we get him get it, get him over the line. I know the there was rumours about today that saying it's not far advanced as, as as obviously they were reporting yesterday. But you know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Maybe we're waiting for the Keane deal to be finalised before we obviously go all in and try and source it. Um, I don't think it's pendant on Hammers going. Um, I don't know what you've heard, Mike, but I don't think it is. I think it's the Keane one, really, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, that frees up a lot of money. Um, yeah, the, the, the Keane one is, is, is uh, even though it's just on loan, like I say, I think if you take into account saving on wages, loan fees... Yeah. Um, as well, I think that that will free up a fair bit of money from what we're led to believe for us to, to go and get in, say, three players, and that, whether that's Rondon, Maitland Miles, and, and Diaz. I mean, there's been talk uh, over potentially going in for Jesse Lingard, uh, Dan James is another one, whether we look to, to do that. Uh, I think I think the fact that we're seeing other names besides Diaz suggests that, you know, it, it, it certainly is stalling. I think that the latest from Ryan Taylor from is. The Express, I think he's from Ryan Taylor, isn't he? Um, it was close, but the inclusion of Hammers could cause problems, as, as we said just, just before. Uh, Everton's trying to tie it up, but nothing done at the moment. Um, right. But, and other people are saying, well, talks are, com- are completely off. So it, it depends what you want to believe. At the end of the day, you know, what will be, will be. I think it's important we can't get hung up on, on a player that we... We hadn't heard about us until sort of you know 24, 36 hours ago. You know we were guilty sometimes of that. Um, I think talks have been going on a lot longer than the last 24, 36 hours. Um, been going on for a couple we'll of weeks we'll with Diaz apparently, according to uh, apparently Baz. Yeah. yeah, from Toffee yeah, TV, he said right. apparently we've been speaking to him for a couple of weeks. So um, you know, let, let, let's hope he comes in. I'd much rather him than a Dan James or something like that on loan. You know, I mean, I, I'd want a permanent sign, and then and obviously if you get him on a five-year deal, he's a good age. You know, five-year deal amortised over that time. You know, you, you, you can get it to sort of bend into the finances, really. So, um, so yeah, let, let's see. Let's see. Let, I mean, it's going to be an interesting couple of days, isn't it? I mean, the key is as well as we've all, you know, we've all said, you know, uh, our fair here is, is we want to try and keep Richarlison at least for another season. Uh, losing him at this late in the window now would be catastrophic. Sometimes you can't control these things, obviously, because one deal leads to another, but. Let's hope we don't lose him on on transfer deadline day. You know, if the Mbappe deal goes through, uh, who knows what might happen? They might come flying in for him. With the greatest respect to him, I don't know what you think. I mean, I I think we're all lovers of Richarlison, but, you know, you couldn't begrudge him going to play with, you know, Neymar and Messi and obviously very pally with Neymar now in the Brazil team. So as much as it would absolutely hurt us to bits, um, you know, you couldn't really begrudge him if he did go, could you? I mean, you, you you can't begrudge him. I think I think the issue is obviously at the moment is it's the timing, isn't it? If if this was at the start of the window and and it happened, then you'd you'd go well, okay, you've got all summer to to get in a, a replacement. I think the issue we've got is if and it's a big if because all the talk is from the manager and I think from Richarlison's side as well. This has been no talk to anyone. He's not got you know ninety nine percent ninety nine point nine percent sure he's going nowhere. Um. I think if it does happen and we get a big a big cash windfall come in, 
it's what we then do and it's the panic that that then causes in such a short space of time to try and replace him. So as much as I can sit there and say, yeah, I don't begrudge him, I would much rather he stay. And we, you know, we do get another payment, like you said, Lee, another permanent winger in on the other side. And we, we, we're then a, a stronger force this season. You know, let, let's look at it again in 12 months, uh, potentially then. I think he'll have a couple of years left on his contract. Um, that would then be the time to sell if we needed to sell, you know, and get an 80, 100 million pounds for it for the player. But I think it's, you know, it's it's not for this late in the window. Uh, but we know it's crazy. We know how, you know, what, what happens. Um with transfer deadline day and Everton always seems to be, especially in the summer, always seems to be quite active in and around in and around deadline day. But what, what what's your thoughts, Phil, on on the Charlson? Do, do you think he's going to be going to be staying? You know, with it being so late now. Yeah, I, I've I've said this a few times on Twitter actually the last uh, last week or so. I I do believe with us letting him go to the Olympics, I, I do think. There's been a conversation there similar to Garner Gay. Um, obviously, he wants to, do, to go to PSG. And I think, you know, no one would begrudge him going. And obviously, the time would be awful. But it wouldn't surprise me if, if they say, listen, you know, we let you go to the Olympics kind of thing. You give us your best for, for one more year, possibly 18 months, whatever. And then, you know, if we can get that money, obviously, depending on where we finish in the season, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we... Like a, that's saying a gentleman's agreement which hasn't worked for some players, but um, I do believe he, he will go. I, I do, I do think that, but I don't think he would put a transfer request in. I don't know if PSG would come in. I don't think there's any rush PSG to, to be honest. But Messi playing today is he? Did is he playing his first game today? Apparently Messi? so. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, I don't even without Mbappe. I don't think they're in any rush uh, to, to get him, but I do believe. You know, we've we've obviously letting him go to the Olympics and things. I, I do believe he he thinks, and the club will, you know, he will tell him to stay. Uh, again, money talks. If they come with a late bid, who knows? And and obviously, whatever whatever happens in the next couple of days could, could scupper that. But I think if it was to be scripted, I think he may go in the summer. He give us one more season, a bit like Garner Gay. Won't kick up a fuss. Still give hundred percent in every single game. Um, and again, I don't think anyone would begrudge him if he did go in the summer. But I don't, I don't believe he'll go um, before the transfer window. No, I don't believe that. No, and, and let, let's you know from a selfish point of view, let's hope that he doesn't. And hopefully, we we can address a couple of other key areas before the 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 window closes. I think it's Tuesday at uh, at eleven o'clock. Uh, but it's certainly going to be a busy one for us. Um, a couple of you know we mentioned Brantway could be on his way. Uh, on on loan, hopefully you know a, a couple more players who are on the periphery and like we said earlier, are not offering a great deal to the to the squad at the moment. So I moved on as well, and we can get a little bit of either recuper, you know, some transfer fees or at least at least save some some big money on on wages and, and plough them back into the uh, to to the transfers, the income ones as well. Um, but that's us. That's us for this week, Phil. Best of luck with your your last couple of last couple of runs. Um, I'm sure you'll go absolutely fine, and uh, there'll be plenty of people to to cheer with a line on on Tuesday. And we look forward, as I say, to to catching you on the on the news on Tuesday as well. No, honestly, thanks very much for again not just um, for the podcasts, um, just all the support on Twitter, all individually, you know, sharing things and you know and, and the kind messages and things. It, it doesn't go unnoticed and. I'm quite overwhelmed by it all, but you guys have been, you know, from forefront for that with all your support throughout the year. So thanks very much. Thank you. Yeah, it is. And and next time get Lee involved as well. He he can have a, have a little go of uh, doing a few ten Ks and that. Because you must you must you must have something else planned now after this is all over. Surely. <laughs> well, if you, if you can remember, um, last year did um. Newcastle to Bournemouth virtually all the Premier League grounds and then I'm not one of those Mike who can have the duvet and watch films on the couch on a Sunday I have to, I have to get out kind of thing as you obviously you can tell but no I think I need to give me my family a, 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 some time family time and obviously my body and body arrest as well so no um, I think I'll put that on hold for, for a couple of months see what comes up next me, me and Pete will give you a race around Sefton Park yeah I'll have to come over yeah <laughs> Oh, Pete's built for pure speed. Pete's like, um, what's his name? Atto Bolden. So he's not on this, not on this long distance rubbish for Pete, I tell you. He'd be gassed after about two years. He's back in the day. 
Well, the, was, yeah. The, the tunnel 10K is in September. There's no... The, the, you can apply to do that one. Yeah, get get yourselves involved, lads. I'll uh, I'll be the water boy. I'll come behind you with the uh, the bottles of liquor seed and all that. Don't worry. Uh, but no, best of luck, mate. Uh, absolutely, all, all the plaudits and all, all the praise you're getting totally deserved. And as I say, look forward to to catching up once you've once you've finished doing uh, doing your final one. And say, say, I said, they save this podcast for your last run. I will do. With with our, with our dulcet tones, go along <laughs> to our tempo. Well, that's, uh, that's us for this week. Um, we will we will catch you. We will do a, a preview of the the Burnley game. Obviously, a bit of a break for the internationals now, but we will do a preview for the Burnley game um, over the course of the next couple of weeks. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.